everyone and welcome to this episode of the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political undergrad, Kobe Omanaka, and as always, I'm joined by our co-hosts and political professors in Tatton and Diane. How are you guys doing? All good. You seem quite happy with that denomination there. I think you're talking yourself up as an undergraduate. I mean, that's a bit... <laughs> Like normally I'm like, whoa, Kobe, don't be too hard on yourself. And now you're like, yeah, I'm an elite higher education, further education, smashing it in life. And also, would this be one of the kind of low quality degrees that the government are going to stop happening? I presume so. <laughs> a course with me as a, as a professor on it is, is toast uh, under this current current <laughs> government's plans. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, undergrad is... is um... Lecture 101. So some undergrads, you can start the course and not know anything about it, right? You're just there to learn and absorb. And that's why I'm here. I'm not assuming there's any prior knowledge from GCSE or A-level before coming into this course with you guys. I, uh, I, I got a first in my first year at university and it didn't count. Oh, wow. And then, and then, because I, I was such an idiot. I was so, I, the, the only thing you needed to learn in university was not to do work when you don't have to do work, right? That's the only thing you needed to learn. <laughs> and I didn't learn that lesson. Yeah. And then I didn't get a first overall because, you know, that's like, you had to be clever to do that. Should we do more tales of my failures? Should we do that for long? Like, that could be a whole separate podcast. We'll do one next episode. All right, cool. Let's do it next week, I think. <laughs> Schedule it in for the start of the next week's session. And Diane, how are you doing before we go into the into the behemoth that's going to be this week's uh, proceedings? Yeah, I, I'm really good. I'm really good, Kobe. Um, I'll talk about this more at the end, but my village has got its Christmas tree up. Isn't that banned under simple politics? <laughs> no. <laughs> they didn't run it by me. Amazingly. <laughs> pure rage. That's what I feel. Well, we have got a lot to talk about in this episode, guys. So the first section, as always, the top posts. What posts have performed the best? And I suspect we'll have some... Some interactions from the sister Instagram group. Uh, Tatton, over to you. Yes, uh, our, our, our sister, possibly better site, Simple Politics US, it was the third post because Donald Trump is going to try to be president in 2024. He needs the he first of all needs the Republican Party to say, yes, of all the people in the world, we want you, Donald Trump, to be our candidate in the election in November. And then he needs the whole country or 51% of the country to say <laughs> those four years of President Donald Trump weren't enough for me. Let's have four more. I just can't see it happening. But then this is what we said last time. But he's just done badly in the elections. That's the point. Yeah. And Ron DeSantis again has, has done really well. So the election is two years away. So there's a lot to happen. It sets ourselves up for another unprecedented period of a president going away and coming back again. It's not going to be boring two years. Or it might be. It might be just eliminated before Christmas. We don't know. But it's not going to be a boring uh, next few months, I would say. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the pe people don't start voting for the candidate the candidate for another for a year at least so so there's there's, there's a lot of talking before any actual voting yeah such a complicated system what kind of comments were we getting diane a lot a lot of people actually thought he was done for politically you know because he'd obviously been on trial and you know all all various things had happened with with the end of his presidency infamously you know, not believing the outcome of, of the vote. A lot of people question, wow, I didn't think he'd ever be back. I, I didn't think he'd be allowed back, were <laughs> some of the comments. There's actually no political mechanism that stops him. One of the reasons he might be running again is to 
delay any action from from uh, Biden and those guys from from suing him because it'd be it'd be a harder target. So well, let's see how that plays out. Diane, what's at number two? This was a uh, a bit of a different post for us. Basically, it's been a slow news week until today, where we've had the economic statement. It's been quite a slow news week. However, we had this lovely statistic or piece of analysis or projection or however you want to call it from the United Nations, who say there are now. 8 billion people on planet Earth. So there's nothing like feeling very small, very insignificant, very grain of sand like, <laughs> and knowing you are, as we called it, one in 8 billion. But interestingly, even though there's tons more people on Earth than ever before, uh, the population rate isn't actually growing. People are living longer, but they're not having as many babies, etc. It's interesting news. Uh, it's kind of scary. But let's go on to the, the top posts of this week. Tatten. In at number one is Qatar protest watch. Like the World Cup's going to Qatar and and it's just it's just horrid. I love the World Cup a lot and it's horrid. And I and it's at the wrong time of year and I don't understand it. And you know, I find like life difficult to understand at the best of times. Trying to have a World Cup in the winter, it just it's all over the place. There are lots of ways that that people are protesting about it or are talking out about the fact it shouldn't be in Qatar. Dua Lipa did uh, a statement saying that she wasn't going to be playing the opening ceremony and wouldn't go to Qatar because of the human rights there. And this post was about Joe Lysett, who did a video uh, addressing David Beckham, not to Qatar, but to David Beckham, saying effectively, babes, stop supporting Qatar. And he said, I will give 10 thousand pounds to lgbtq plus star charities if you cut your ties with uh qatar and if you don't and this is the thing if you don't cut ties then i'm going to shred that ten thousand pounds yeah there's a lot of talk from the amnesty international for example about the human rights violations that have preceded and going around this world cup you talked about the fact it's the wrong time of year for example i mean that's that's the that's the tip of the iceberg that's the very tip of the iceberg isn't it oh yeah, yeah. i mean of course of course of course for the fact that people have died to put this on many people have been treated appallingly mm. to produce a, a one month long advertisement for qatar as a country, it's appalling. And for someone who's yeah. got a population the size of like Manchester. Anyway, we can go down this road for a while. But okay, that was the most popular post, which is interesting. Like I said, Dan, a slowish news week. I think next week might see some different variations in that based on what we're going to come across soon. Let's head over to the mailbag. And this is where we ask our readers and the listeners for the questions that we then go to answer. Diane, we've got a couple of voice notes, I understand. Can we uh, start up with the first one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this voice note is from Hannah on Instagram. Hi, Simple Politics team. I have one question and I just want to say before I ask the question, thank you so much for everything that you guys do. I think your account is so important in terms of spreading information, accurate information. And off the back of that, my question to you guys is how important do you think it is to combat misinformation when it comes to politics? And what is the effect do you think that misinformation is having on politics right now? That's an interesting, lovely question. Well, thank you very much, Hannah. What a lovely, lovely words. Um, thank you. <laughs> I think that it is not important to combat misinformation. I think it's important that we are skilled enough to be able to spot misinformation. 
I think you're never going to be able to make everyone tell the truth all the time. Or, I mean, it's not just telling the truth, but it's been, you know, deliberately misleading. I think we need to be skilled enough to be able to think critically about the information they're seeing, to check it for themselves, to understand what's going on. We cannot stop the bots. That's not, that's not going to happen. We cannot, you know, people have been lying intentionally forever. It's inherent within social media. It's inherent within humanity. So that's going to happen. Now, some misinformation does need to be challenged, and that's claims made by politicians. So I think that people like Full Fact do an excellent job of pulling up people and saying, no, this is, and, and people have, oh, on the back of Full Fact, bits and pieces they have apologized set the record straight they've done all that kind of thing i think that we need to know that our politicians are saying things in good faith and that needs to be challenged but i don't think that we need to do much more on social media from for everyone else except upskill ourselves i think the main thing there is you said the social media from you know 10 years ago the, the speed of propagation of misinformation is the thing and how quickly it can it can spread often there's not enough chance for people like full fact to verify stats before it goes in and people don't have the journalistic code however much they want to stand by it or not to try and verify things before it goes to print or or published or, or is broadcast so it's the i think you're right then in terms of teaching and upskilling people how to be more critical with information that comes across their screens next question diane Yep. So we've got a question. It's another really interesting one, totally different. And it's from Kieran Hopewell. Now, just to give you a bit of background, Kieran has done a dissertation on this. So he's a bit of an expert already. <laughs> and he's just looking Is this for a test? This is a test, oh, wow. not a question. It is a test. It is a test. <laughs> but he just wants to know what we think. So here we go. The impact and the influence of the Sun in winning elections, particularly in the 1992 election, is it imperative that Starmer needs to court the Sun in the same way that Blair courted the Sun in the 1997 election in order to win the next election? So that's, does Keir Starmer need to court the Sun in order to win the next election? Which is an interesting question. There's kind of this real urban myth around the Sun newspaper, isn't it, that they've never not back to winner, at least in recent times. That's the kind of thing they've always... The kingmakers. Yeah. But that's not that's not a myth, is it? That's true. Yeah. They haven't always got in a majority government, so they didn't get Cameron a majority, for example. Well, no, sure, but they've always backed the winners. Yes, yeah. When I was convinced there was going to be no Brexit vote, the vote was going to be no to Brexit, I, I, I said, this is going to be the first time the Sun got it wrong. Obviously, it wasn't, because obviously the Sun gets it right. And I never do. So... Yeah, but I guess is it chance or coincidence? Because, I mean, compared to the population of the UK, the Sun readership, I I even looked this up this morning, it's only something like 1.2 million daily. So, you know, can it really be <laughs> influencing? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Oh, but I, of course it can. Of course it can. I mean, because, because it doesn't matter if 1.2 million, and that's a heck of a lot, 1.2 million people re read it, but it's also on every petrol station forecourt and their headlines are quite big. Mm, quite bold. They've like if you if, if if they're backing a party, you've got little adverts for the Conservative Party, whoever it is they're backing that year, everywhere. But also, of course, they back the person that's going to win. They th they back the person they think is going to win, rather than swinging it. Particularly, I think, because that's how, that's how you get. I mean, Eddie Izzard has managed to lose every campaign he's ever been on, 
But he's rare. It's rare to do things by that you want and then win every time or lose every time. What is the what is the potency of this? He says one point two million now. What was the potency of the Sun in you know nineteen ninety six ninety seven when there? Oh yeah, it, it's been on the decline for sure. Like yeah, like all print media. In fact, the thing that people most read nowadays, although it's not got any opinions in it, is the Metro. <laughs> That's the biggest one with the biggest circulation. <laughs> but you're right; it's everywhere. And I guess the other thing might be that if you're supported by the Sun. They're not writing bad headlines about you either, are they? And that's also the thing. Ed Miliband eating that bacon sandwich, for example, I'm sure lost him a lot of votes and how that was presented on papers and in, in broadcast media. Um, so I think that's I think that's something an interesting point you say there, Diane, about they're not saying bad things about you, so they're not negging you. That's definitely a part of it to consider. Willie caught the sun though. Is he that is he that kind of person? Would you think he'd he'd make that kind of deal? I think that the extent to which he will court the sun specifically. It's a smaller thing that, that, that maybe it once was. He will do the things he thinks he needs to say and do to win the general election. And if it looks like he's going to win the general election, the sun will back him. We don't know where this country is going to be in two years' time. Or the United States. <laughs> I can't tell you who I think is going to win the next general election because I just don't know because it all depends on where the country is, how much growth we manage to get between now and then. If Starmer wins it, he will have picked up the sun along the way to the, ex the extent to which that's helping the sun or that's helping Starmer or both or neither. It won't win in many votes in Liverpool. No, that's true. That's very true. Guys, let's head over to the third part of this week's podcast. Uh, typically, it's the PM Watch, but this week it's the economic statement. This is what we've been waiting for for the past few weeks since Rishi Sunak took control of the government and the UK. All eyes were on the Chancellor today. What did we find? What did he say? So, yeah, you're right. We've been building up to this and it's been pictured as, you know, Jeremy Hunt came on at the weekend and said, we'll all be paying more tax. You know, we, we expected something really quite downbeat. No, he didn't finish talking that long ago, actually, but there were some nuggets in there that he managed to pull out which will make headlines and quite decent headlines so he did commit to raising benefits in line with inflation next April which was a biggie that people were pushing for benefits in April um, will go up by 10.1% which was the um, level of inflation in September pensions similarly there were some spending commitments he made to schools um, to the NHS so you know, things in there that were slightly surprising, if I'm honest to me, given what I expected to, to come out there. And some other things as well, like the living wage for over 23s has gone up the hourly rate as well. So some, let's say, positive things in there. It will take, I think, a while to work through the implications of the other side of that, which is there are going to be people, some people paying more tax and some people paying more for other things. Labour, I've just watched Rachel Reeves' response to, to this, and she talked about Jeremy Hunt committed to um, freezing some of the personal income allowances for tax. Now, what that actually means is if your wage goes up and the tax personal allowance stays the same, you might actually get pushed into a higher tax bracket. So you end up paying more tax. And she called that a stealth tax that people haven't quite worked out or realised yet that that's actually one that's going to cost them a bit more. 
it's interesting to call something, he's just stood up and announced something, and then she stands up and says, ah, oh, that was a stealth, a stealth tax, not telling us. <laughs> but no, I just, just told you. Oh, but you're not telling us really. I think it's just one that people need to think through and kind of work out what that's going to mean to them actually in their pockets. And on energy bills as well, the support goes down. The thing, the important thing here is to just remember that the amount you pay of higher tax rate is only on the bit that's over. So you don't suddenly get hit. If your wage goes up by a pound and that puts you over the threshold, you only pay the extra tax on that one pound rather than on all the, the everything that's come before. Before we came into this week, uh, Jamie Hunt and Rishi Sunak were careful to what I'd say in the business world, manage expectations. <laughs> uh, and they're saying things, you know, there are going to be price, there's going to be taxation, there's going to be people going to be hit this way, that way, the other. In the way that the previous government, the previous PM uh, from like two weeks ago, perhaps didn't do. And that caused, that caused, I think that was part of the ruckus. It's like the mini budget came out of nowhere for Liz Truss and it shocked everyone. These guys have at least laid a foundation and it seems they've actually like, overpromised and underdelivered or the, the vice versa. They've, they've seemed to have put some work in to make sure that people don't feel as slighted as they could have done. Um, do you think that's paid off? Yeah, it's a very, very different presentation. You're right. There's been tons of groundwork in terms of setting expectations. You, you're absolutely right there, Kobe. Also, they've waited till the OBR and, and you know, other people could actually look at the forecast and give them some credibility to, to what they're doing. And, they, and they've gone through Jeremy Hunt's budget and looked at what the things he's proposing will do overall, which they say will help, he claims, they said it will help to bring down inflation and reduce the debt burden in the next few years. So he's basically saying it's it's kind of rubber sealed, this budget, what I'm presenting today. It's not like when Quasi Quartang and Liz Trust presented a budget and they hadn't they hadn't got that level of of endorsement behind it. It's a trap. It's a trap <laughs> though. Uh it's a trap that was invented by George Osborne for the Labour Party, the OBR, because he wanted to create a, gr a group of people who will say, yes, conservative budgets along conservative ideological financial lines are responsible. And then when Labour come in, they would have to shift the way the OBR does its tactics. And so they either get rid of the OBR and then they have to have a headline that says Labour don't want the Office of Budget Responsibility, which is a, which is a great headline for the Conservatives, or they just take a kicking from the OBR and they have to say, they don't really speak for us anyway, or whatever. So, so the whole point of them being there was a trap that set that that Osborne set for the for future <laughs> Labour governments, and then it totally did over Liz Truss because she didn't want to face up to them. And then, and then it's been used. You know, today the OBR have said yes, yes, this is this has this is this is budgetly responsibility. Whatever they, but I think that's what they say. Uh, this is budget to be. That's on their stamp. Yeah. This is budget yeah. to be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Done. Next. Next thing. What What is interesting, just on a fine final little bit on this, is is how they're going to pay for. You know, some of this stuff that they've pulled out. How they're going to pay for some of it is going to, I think, be in, really interesting too. So they actually have increased the energy profits levy which is the kind of pseudo windfall tax 
that was something that Labour will probably support because that's a you know that's what they've wanted for quite some time is to increase the windfall tax um, for energy companies and they've extended it to electricity. Uh, generators as well. So that's interesting. But one thing um, Tatton picked up as we were going through that he talked a lot about there'll be some tough decisions to be made in some areas, but didn't quite elaborate on what they're going to be. So some departments will see a decrease in spending, but it wasn't totally elaborated on. But he did say that overseas aid would be reduced. So that would go down to 0.5% of spending from a target of 0.7. Well, I mean, yes and no. It, it it will stay at that target because it was reduced to 0.5 um over over the virus and then and then had been had been aiming to get back up to 0.7 um spending money on the poorest and most vulnerable people in the world and we've just said no, I don't think so. We're just going to stay at 0.5% of spending money. And it turns out we're spending a lot of that money here in the UK. We've managed to divert some foreign aid spending onto dealing with some of the migrants who arrive in small boats. So we're using some foreign aid money there. You know, clearly, like, obviously, as you know, I am always completely politically impartial. So I'm just going to say I don't really mind how much help we give people who need most help in the world. <laughs> we can that's fine i don't mind that's cool that's up to you everyone this i mean this is it i don't know i mean i haven't read up on this so this could be uh misinformation spreading here right now uh by the media podcast but didn't jeff bezos allude to or say that he's going to give all his money away at some point yeah and that's that's an interesting prospect isn't it <laughs> via dolly parton yeah, which is the best. <laughs> why not what, what a brilliant thing to do <laughs> She makes the best decisions. Why not use her as a conduit? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, babes, here's my money. Here's my money. You you make you make it up. Yeah. It's on the Daily Show. It's in the Daily Show. He's so out of touch. He thinks that um he thinks that giving money to a millionaire is, is charitable. No, she's she's amazing. She's got lovely book libraries and all sorts, Dolly. She's great. Oh no, she is great. She's great. She's not gonna just, spend it on I don't sparkly know why things. She's the expert. <laughs> She's not getting more rhinestones. Right, but maybe, maybe she will. Maybe everyone gets gets food, but they're served in a glittery bowl. There you go. And then you can eBay that bowl later on afterwards and get get more money. I think well, there's a lot to dig in here. We may see. We may talk more about how the economic statement affects people. I'd be interested to see if it affects people who were uh, levying for strikes action over the coming weeks. If they decide to climb down for that, I doubt it. But well, let's see. Let's see how it, how it works out. But let's head over to the final section. That's a crystal ball. What will be the biggest stories that we'll be talking about next week? Diane. I, I, I literally don't know. I don't know what's happening next week. So I'm just going to say Christmas because that's soon. And I'm just going to think think about that. <laughs> <laughs> For all the listeners, uh, Tatton just shuddered uh, massively like, in violent allergic reaction. <laughs> I saw the I saw the John Lewis advert for the first time yesterday, Aww. and um, why are we talking about this? Because <laughs> why are we? I mean, why are we? Because Diane, no, Diane no, this, this is the simple <laughs> politics podcast. Because you ended the previous section saying I don't mind help going to the people who need it most, and the John Lewis advert is helping people who need it the most at the end, and you know 
loved it, loved it. Even the, the random kind of new version of of uh, Blink One Eight Two song, for example, you know, I was here for it. I was here for it. It's, they had me. It's, it's a Blink tune. They've yeah. done a Blink tune, have they? Yeah. Which one? Um, all the small things. Oh God! What I mean? What I mean? Well, listen you know, to it. What? Why, but why? But why did? Why not? What I mean? I, what, why? Why? I like. I like Blink One Eight Two. Why? I don't think you'll dislike Blink One Eight Two after seeing the advert. No. <laughs> I mean, oh, why? Why did Mark Hopper say yes? Because he saw the storyboard for the advert and said. I like what you're doing here. You guys are doing good things. You, you're the worst. Like, why do we do this every week? Every week. Christmas starts from the moment you have your first mince pie until. Oh, the- enough! Enough! <laughs> what, what have you got in your crystal ball, Tatten, for next week? Self-loathing and hatred because there will be four World Cup games a day as we get through the group stages. The first one starts at 10 a.m. The last one will finish at about nine nine thirty. So I will be watching so much football and hating myself for doing it. This is what I was going to ask before. So do you expect to be sucked into it? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, like, you can't... It's the World Cup. Like, you got to watch. i got to watch. I'm going to watch. I, like, I, 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 I am embarrassed I will do. I wish I wasn't going to. I wish I could be more... Uh, you know, what I might do is I might boycott all of the products advertised on the ITV games for the day. Fair play. So that um, no one is preferencing from, uh, obviously the BBC games don't have any adverts, but um, I'll just have to, don't know, boycott something. Cats. <laughs> You're saying cats as Diane's cat is, appears on the screen. Saying hello listen, to the, the, Our <laughs> listener, our lovely listener thought, wow, Tatton's so creative and clever coming up with cats <laughs> at that point. Where does he come up with these things from? What a, what a guy. And now you've just, told everyone it's because i saw diane's cat i like to dispel myths it, yeah <laughs> yeah babes you're not like you're not that clever are you yeah what yeah i yeah. predict that we'll be talking about the uh, john lewis advert until tatum watches it and says oh, okay yeah fair enough i see why i see why it's lovely <laughs> it's going to be on it's going to be on in the games isn't it it's going to be on during the world cup i'm it's going it's going to be unavoidable i can't you know go to the shop to buy a can of cola Every ad break. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, that's that's that, that's my next week. And Diane, I will be working very hard <laughs> next week and the week after. So please, <laughs> I will be responding to all of your messages. Um, so don't don't worry about that. Okay. Okay. It, I mean, it, it, just to finish on the note, it, it is. I'm so disappointed because I I don't watch Premier League football anymore. I just don't really have the time for that. So the World Cups and European Championships are where I get my football love. And that's what, for me, that's where the truest form of the of football is. When you see Ghana beat Argentina or whatever. And that's that's where I get my, my love that, that carries me through the years. And these first group stages are, tend to be so much fun. Just seeing all these teams that you've never seen play football before and all these all these stories that come out. And I am I'm gutted that it's at Qatar. Um, I will see. We'll see you next week whether I've been sucked into into watching it like yourself, Tatten. At least you've admitted it. I'm like myself when I buy a six pack of uh, cherry bakewells and think I'm going to have one a day for the next six days. <laughs> yeah, I'm, in, yeah. I'm in denial still. <laughs> Let's see what happens. By lunchtime, they're gone. By lunchtime, what? Yeah, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining us, um, for listening to the podcast, for contributing your questions. If you have any questions, send a message to Diane, Tatten, and Charlotte. 
uh, either by text or by voice note because we really love hearing it. It's great to hear from you guys and we do always play the best ones. So thank you very much. And Wayne, we'll see you next week. Thanks. See you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.